Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Cover Zero podcast. Tonight, we kick off our return to the weekly podcasts, and we kick off the 2023 season, starting with our previews of each division. And tonight, it is going to be the NFC North. We got a loaded roster here tonight to break it all down for you. I'm going to start it off tonight. Henry, how are you doing, bro? Doing well. Doing well. Football season is almost here. So that's always the most exciting time, at least for me. But uh, doing well, though. That's good to hear. Corday, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Bunch of traveling, but I'm good. Happy to be back. Traveling for comedy? Yes, sir. Congrats on that, bro. Congrats on that. Chase, our fantasy expert, is in the building. How are you tonight, bro? I am fantastic, man. I apologize (laughs) about that. I had my mic on mute, and I was sitting there talking. I'm doing great, guys. You know, we're just about 10 weeks out before the football season. Things are getting exciting, starting to get ADP charts up and looking at trends of players. Nice, nice, nice. Definitely can't keep all that fantasy knowledge on mute, especially if people want to win. And last but not least, Jay, how are you, bro? I'm doing good, man. Doing really good. Uh, you know, like like y'all mentioned, like Chase and uh, Henry mentioned, man, football season's around the corner, man. So, you know, I can't help but not be excited. So, I mean, literally around the corner. Once we're done with these breakdowns, it'll, it'll be done for this. It'll be ready for the season. The season will be ready to go. So I'm excited, man. We have everything we're going to break down. going to talk a little bit about how the team did in 2022, their coaching staff for this season, off-season additions, off-season losses, draft class, and then, of course, deep dives on how each of us project all of these teams finishing at the end of the year. We're going to start this one off with the Chicago Bears. Last year, this team went 3-14, zero, I repeat, zero wins in division, and lost ten their last 10 games straight last year. And I'm going to swing this one to you first, Henry. What was your overall expectation, just or at least your takeaway from the Bears last season? Last season, you saw some flashes from Justin Fields, you know, almost broke Lamar Jackson's rushing record. But, uh, you know, still still some things that he had to improve uh, accuracy-wise. Big thing with them was that offensive line because he did get hit a lot. I know he didn't play with the last two games of the season, so they did address that in the draft. So last season, you know, there were some expectations there. They didn't hit those expectations. But this year, you know, with some great acquisitions that they did, some trades that they did, we, we can see maybe they can probably uh, put up a fight this year in the, in, in the division. Most definitely, most definitely. Coming in on the numbers, this team last year, points scored, they were 23rd. Total yards, they were 28th. Passing yards, dead last in the NFL. However, they led the league in rush yards, overall rush yards per game, second in rush EPA per play. O-line finished with the sixth-ranked PFF grade, according to just specifically run blocking. But this team, defensively, was disastrous. Points allowed was last in the league allow the 29th most yards in the league. Passing yards allowed was 17th. I mean, rush yards was second to last. They had the least amount of sacks in the league. I mean, it was just, it was really, really, really putrid. And just overall, Jay, if I were to swing this one to you defensively, what do you think was the biggest problem for the squad last year? Well, I mean, they couldn't get no pass rush going at all. They couldn't get no type of pressure on the QB. Um, they couldn't stop the run. I mean, that that's, that's and that's what's, what's so crazy about it is that I still go back to when they traded Khalil Mack, which didn't make no sense mm-hmm. to me because I felt like Mack, although he was dealing with injuries, he still was a, a super threat, you know, somebody that you definitely got to keep your eye on, you know, um, when you're on the field for those offensive linemen. And and so, yeah, man, um, not being able to get to the QB, 
and and uh, not stopping the run. You know, those are the two things right there. And their pass coverage wasn't too good either. You True. Know? So, yeah, that's – I mean, everywhere on the defense. You know, it's funny too because I seen on SSAW, you know, somebody talking about the, their linebackers, how they got – you know, yeah, if you look at it now, you know, you put it together and whatnot. But they – you know, and they, they put some work in. They did pick up a couple pieces and whatnot. But I'm still not expecting this defense to do too great. I'm expecting it to be better. Especially when you got a head coach over there like Matt Elverplus, who did really well, you know, over there with Indianapolis as their defensive coordinator. So you're expecting it to to get better, especially with the draft picks, high draft picks of the the um, defensive players that they picked up over the last year, too. So, so yeah, you know, but that's where I would point at is the the run defense, pass rush just wasn't there. Most definitely, most definitely. Speaking of Matt Eberflus in going into his second year this year along with pretty much everyone that they ran it back with is what they're going to do this year, who was there last year. Even with GM Ryan Poles in his second year, defensive coordinator Alan Williams in his second year. And Alan Williams has a lot of history as a DB coach, spent 10 years in Indy along those those squads from 02 to 2011. Offensive coordinator Luke Getze also in his second year. And Corday, just looking at this team, running it back from a coaching standpoint, GM standpoint, was there anything that you stood out to this among this coaching staff that you liked or didn't like from them last season? Well, first off, keeping the same offensive coordinator. Justin Fields hasn't had the same offensive coordinator. I think dating back to college kind of reminds us of Jason Campbell years when he just had a different offensive coordinator every single year of his life. Um, the fact that they maintained um, the offensive coordinator. And then also, I remember last year when we was previewing this team, um, uh, they, they started going towards Justin Fields' strong suits or – they didn't even really know he was an athlete like this. Yeah. The fact that it was able to get him outside on the run so he could stop getting beat up behind that offensive line, try to sometimes try to go down field to uh, Mooney. Then they traded for uh, Chase Claypool. Then they uh, uh, brought in another receiver. So just the fact of let's see what Justin can do as an athlete. He's fast. Let's get him. Let's stop having him drop back every single time behind this terrible offensive line and try to design stuff to just try to be competitive in-game because we found out how much of a freak athlete he was because he even run like that in college. True. But then the fact that uh, they just switched the game plan up to not just get a young QB killed behind a, uh, a terrible offensive line and then usually get the football knocked out of you and then like some rookie QBs or second-year guys never recover from that. Yeah. No, definitely. And I agree with you. Once they really tapped into that, that kind of saw another layer to the game of Justin Fields. And when we get into our breakdowns and our expectations, we'll, we'll peel back some layers to that onion. But first, looking at the offseason moves, who they lost, who they gained in free agency, and then also, of course, the draft. Uh, to go back to you, Henry, if we look at free agent losses, which ones stand out to you the most? You know, that's a – you can go a couple different ways. You can go a couple different ways. With this one, um, I got to think about that. I got to think okay. about this. Okay. Jay, same question to you. Is there, is there any really loss? I mean, let me ask it this way. To me, it's not. It's not. Hey, look, their biggest loss was Khalil Mack, and that was two years ago. So, right. you know, that to me, I'm still, to me, that's what hurt them more than anything. It affected them last year. And they haven't lost a player of that caliber, even close to that caliber, this pre- this present year, you know. So, to they, me, 
They've been, they've been so down. It's like, you know, the only way they can go is up. Just like Josiah said, the, the, the Mac, the, the Mac uh, loss was just like what Josiah pointed to, you know, how much stuff he was doing on the defensive side of the ball. They haven't had nothing like that loss since, you know, I won't even count the trade in Roquan Smith. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and, you know, uh, they did one player who who I like, you know, David Montgomery, who they did, they, they, you know, they let go and whatnot. And maybe they feel confident. And they're run- obviously they feel confident without him, and, and they they can get it done with the run. I forgot the- I'm blanking on the guy's name. Herbert. Herbert. Yeah, Herbert. 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 Yeah. yeah, and a couple other dudes too, which we'll get to. Right. You know, um, I I do like him. I've always liked him coming out of college. I felt like he he started going late in his in his you know in his in his career. But again, like like we like we mentioned, man, I there, there's no loss in my opinion that's worth you know even even bringing up. You know, to me, it's more about their game than anything. And I do think they improved. Most definitely. Just to go through the list, a couple of guys that at least played a, a contributing amount that are gone. Riley Reef, the right tackle, played 55% of the snaps, moves on to New England. As mentioned by Jay, David Montgomery going to Detroit. They just simply didn't want to pay him is really how yeah, that breaks down. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. 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 It's just how that breaks down. You don't want to pay running backs. That's the way it is. It's how it's going, unfortunately, for that position. Uh, center Sam Mustafer going to your Ravens, Henry. He played 98% of the snaps for them last year, but he, of course, will be a backup over there. Michael Schofield, another backup, if he even gets signed by another team, played 40% of the, for the snaps of them last year. Nicholas Morrow, ex-Raider, now an ex-Bear, yeah. heading over to your Eagles for a day as well. And then last but not least, Armand Watts, a defensive tackle, playing 50% of the snaps, give or take, for them last year goes to Pittsburgh. Additions-wise, Corday. Which ones are really popping out to you? I mean, you, you got to first start off with uh, with the the acquiring of uh, DJ DJ Moore. That's that's the main one I want to see. Like uh, giving him another solidified no, a number one receiver. We always talk about giving young QBs a veteran number one receiver because a lot of young um, receivers make mistakes and sometimes it's harder for them. But uh, you see, when a young QB gets a veteran number one receiver, how much uh, their game grows. Um, uh, Darnell Wright in the draft that they took uh, right tackle to really just focus in on uh, Nate Davis, who they who they signed as well to really try to solidify this offensive line to really just protect Justin Fields so he ain't have to run you know fifteen to twenty times a game and stuff like that and you can actually try to de- develop a passing game. Uh, mm-hmm. Are the two main ones that I go to. Then also on the defense, um, the linebackers, uh, Tremaine. Jermaine Edmonds and yeah. T.J. Edwards are the two main focuses uh, that they want to go with. Um, and I heard they want to get back to the the old ways of the Erlacher and Lance Briggs days where you have you Jermaine Edwards to drop way back in the middle of the field. He's not high cover to Absolutely. the Eber Flus wants to run. And I couldn't think of a better athletic, tall linebacker to do it than Jermaine right. Edwards. So I think that's the perfect fit. And then uh, T.J. Edwards was uh, could have – had an all-pro season last year, but my Eagles, we don't pay linebackers. So that's another great addition that they have along uh, the two linebacker, uh, the two linebacker additions, especially after trading away Roquan Smith. So those two will definitely help their linebacking core. Um, the, didn't make too much on the defensive line. Uh, many actual ac- acquisitions uh, drafted a dude in the third round, but and then uh, took another dude in the second. But that's uh that's still that pass rush of what Jay was talking about earlier. It's still uh, leaning more to be desired. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, 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 I do want to. What's ahead. up, Henry? Well, 
Why why pay Tremaine, but you won't pay Roquan though? Because of I think it's to me, I think that scheme Cover. fit. Yeah, coverage wise, I think they both can cover, but Tremaine is solid. He's really, really solid. To what they want to do. What do you mm-hmm. think? Who do you think is overall better better? I think Roquan is overall, but I think for scheme wise, what mm-hmm. Elvin Bruce, like Jordan is saying, I think Tremaine's gonna fit better. That's yeah, right. he's I taller, think Roquan he's longer. Yeah, just fits that cover too. He's a more of a he's that pole runner. Size. That yeah, guy you size. want in the middle who's just tall, long, yeah. yep. and yeah. just it's takes up space with his length. But like yeah. Jay yeah. said, I'm with you 100 percent Jay. Overall, yeah, it's, if, if yeah. it's a vacuum, give me Roquan. Yeah, Roquan but if we right. as a cover two team like yeah. Eberfus want to be, yeah. Edmonds yeah. is the better fit. Yeah. Yeah, Edmonds, Edmonds, I feel like reminds them of Shaquille Barrett, who we had in Indy, and Roquan is undersized. And sometimes coaches don't believe in you know, size matters. So you want a tall, lanky linebacker, and Roquan isn't that. So I think that's why they got Roquan. I would have yeah. kept him personally, but that's, that's yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. And let's all, we're making it clear. I mean, you know, Roquan Smith any day of the week, twice on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? So, but Tremaine for, for that scheme, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And looking at who has come in to this year, even through the draft, through ads, which we'll get to, but from a fantasy perspective, Chase, the new faces that we're going to see in Chicago this year, which ones do you like out of the new faces from a fantasy perspective? So out of the new faces, I do like DJ Moore. I don't think he's a true number one right now, as Corday alluded to. Sorry to disagree with you, man. But he's only ever finished as a wide receiver two in full PPR formats. And it's never been a high-end wide receiver two. However, I don't think he's ever had a good quarterback, in my opinion, that could elevate him. Uh, but I don't like for me, those true number one wide receivers, I think ele- are going to be able to elevate their quarterbacks. And DJ Moore hasn't been that guy. I do think this is going to be his best opportunity. As I've mentioned about fields before, he improved in almost every QB statistic from his rookie year to his second year. But he still led the league with 55 sacks. So there's cause for concern there. Some of my favorite uh, new additions, though, is going to be a running back, Roshan Johnson. Uh, he really reminds me this year of this year's Damian Pierce. Uh, mm. Damian Pierce, if you look at their stats, both in college coming out, very similar. Uh, but opportunity, I've mentioned this. I don't care how talented you are. If you're not getting the opportunity, it doesn't do you any good. Like So the people that are going to get the opportunity, I think Roshan Johnson has every opportunity to take the job away from Khalil Herbert. Khalil is very explosive, but I think Roshan is going to be that you know, every down type of back for them. I think he has the build for it. I think he has the longevity. The team wanted him. I'm I'm really excited. He has a current ADP of around 50. And, you know, that's, we're talking, and that's 50, 50th RB overall. And one thing I want to touch on, Fields, he's RB6 or QB6 right now. He's being drafted ahead of uh, Justin Herbert, who just got Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. I don't. I think mm-hmm. that's a mistake. I think you're gonna have to go Herbert over Fields this year. I do know the rushing upside is there for Fields, but I think Herbert is just gonna blow up, and I think that's a mistake there. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. No, definitely, definitely honest takeaway right there. I gotta agree with that. Nate Davis, as you mentioned, Corday coming over from Tennessee. They also got a couple of other faces in there. I want to touch on mainly just two: Robert Tunyon, the tight end from Green Bay, coming over, as well as Deontay Freeman, Deontay Foreman. Excuse me. Running back out of Carolina, who, as we have seen, when that guy gets an opportunity, when he gets it, right, he he can produce. The dude is a tough runner. As now you think of it, kind of makes more sense when with David Montgomery walking, they got Foreman, they got Herbert, and they got Mm -hmm. Roshan. I mean, that's a collective backfield among the three of those dudes 
to be able to complement Fields well and keep this running game going, especially with the changes that they have now on the offensive line. So that one I really wanted to highlight as well. Now we're going to get into an examination of the schedule and the depth chart of each team. Jay, I'm going to start with you. Examination of the depth chart, the schedule, and let's just even throw in overall record, your expectation with all of those things coming together just to kind of make it in one clean sweep. How do you see this team doing this year based on that depth chart, that schedule, and what's ahead of them in 2023? I definitely think they're a better football team. I definitely think they're a better football team. But when you look at their schedule, when you when you look at it, their first their first few couple weeks, I think they can get. You know, you look at Green Bay, you look at Tampa Bay. I actually think they can get those games. I don't think much at all with Green Bay. We'll, we'll talk on that once we get to them. But then once you get to the to the half of the season and a little bit later on, mainly the half. You know, right, right before the half and half of the season, it gets a little rough for them. Mainly with their own division. You know, um, because I don't see them really. I don't. I, I got them getting swept by Detroit and Minnesota. Um, so yeah, I I do think they they improve, and I got them at six and eleven. You know, um, I think they they will. I, one thing I think Corday, you brought it up. Somebody brought it up and talked about, or Jordan, you might have brought it up. Their their um the record as far as their home record. I don't know if anybody brought up their their. I I do think they improve. You know, when it comes down to the home record, you know, because they, you got to protect home. I mean, even when you're not a good football team, you got to be able to protect home, and you got to get, you got to be able to, to to take care of the, the games in the division. You know, I think that's really important. They're not going to win every game, and I got them getting swept by a couple of these teams, but I think they can handle Green Bay, and they might be able to pull out a, a, a W versus Detroit. You know, I, everybody's high on Detroit. I'm one of them. I think you know they they may be able to because they, they put up a fight last year with them. Mm-hmm. Before they got hot. Now, when they got hot, I think they blew them. It, it was bad. Once they got hot, it was, it was they they blew them out. But they did hang with them the game before that, you know. So keep that in mind. In division games, they can go both ways. You know, you never know how that's really going to turn out to be. But as of right now, I got them at six and eleven with a better home record. Okay, six and eleven, better home record. Same question to you, Henry. Your all-encompassing expectations and what you expect for the Bears. 2023. I agree with Josiah. I think I think they are a better team from last year, from you know, from previously owning the uh, number one overall draft pick this year. But I I don't have them winning uh, five games. I have them just having winning one more game than they previously uh, previously just did. Uh, yeah, I I just I'm not a uh, not a believer in, in Justin Fields. I, I need to see more from the accuracy accuracy side of that ball. Mm, mm. Um. I do got a question though, real real quick. I don't want to get we on a we on a we on a time limit, but with the weapon, do you think now with now they added Chase Claypool in the middle of the season? I think he started week nine around yeah, there. I'm hearing that he's also doing way better, right? Because the chemistry, yeah, right. They're building that. Do you think Justin Fields may do better with 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 a couple more weapons now and with him building chemistry with a Chase Claypool? I do think he's going to do better, but I don't think he's going to be. Better enough to take this team over the top, especially with, you know, Detroit coming up in this division. I don't like. I don't think that he's going to get past like a team like that. But to answer your question, I do think he's going to improve. I don't think he's going to improve enough to take the team over the top. Does that answer your question? Yeah, in a sense. I, I don't think I don't got this team. Like I said, I got them winning six games. I don't got them going over the top. But I mean, like accuracy issues. Oh, I mean, brought that right, right, right. With weapons now and with chemistry built with players from last year. 
do you think he will improve on that? I think he will. I think he will. Mm, okay. Four wins, though, only. Yeah, Henry. four wins. I, 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 don't, I don't see any drastic movement with this team. I, I don't. I don't see. I, I got them. They probably will be last in the division, honestly. Mm. Really? Okay. Yeah. I got Green Bay ass being last. So. I think Green Bay is weak. Green Bay is weak <laughs> as hell. All right. Well, we got six wins for Jay, four for Henry. Corday, where are you coming in at? Uh, I'm thinking I'm with six with Jay. I think the uh, additions of the offense and um, uh, the additions on defense to the linebacker core, I think that'll give them um, three more games. And the fact that uh, we, as Jay mentioned, Green Bay is coming down. So I think that's a, I think that will help them build more as a team. You can't, they're not going to make leaps and bounds better because you can't address everything in one off season or in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, given uh the helping that O line on the right side, and then giving him um, uh, DJ Moore uh, definitely will help him. And then chase him a full off season with Chase Claypool as well, and Mooney coming back. I think that's definitely some good weapons. Okay, what's your win total? What's his name? Uh, six six. Oh, my yeah, bad. Six and eleven. Yeah. Pace is having internet issues, so we won't get his take on it right now. Uh, the Vegas line for this team is seven point five right now. So far, everyone coming in below it. I actually have them. A tick below it because I got them at seven wins this year. Mm, I actually got okay. this team at seven wins. I do think the additions they made fit the scheme: defensive tackle, linebacker, and corner. Linebacking core is absolutely stacked. If you even extend it beyond just Tremaine Edmonds and T.J. Edwards, and include Jack Sanborn, which this team last year ran base basically, which is their four-three. They ran base the sixth most in the NFL, and they might look to do that somewhere around the same frequency. I, do, I, I think, think so. Yeah, I think so. That's just kind of that's kind of Eberflus on what he does, you know. Same thing with Allen Williams. He came over from India, as I mentioned earlier. And what we were also talking about within that cover two, I mean, this team ran cover two last season at 24% inside the 20s, of course, because you know, in the red zone, it's completely different. But inside the 20s, they ran cover two the second most of any team in the NFL. And they want to continue to do that. And I think that also speaks to who they got in the draft with Tyreek Stevenson, a physical corner on the outside, along with Jalen Johnson. Quan Brisker was solid last year to go along with Eddie Jackson. But I think it's kind of the question that all of us are talking about. This, the back seven has these improvements and has some pieces there. But I don't understand how they just don't really have an edge rusher that's going to mm-hmm. stand out. Nope. Brisker led the team in sacks last year as a safety. As a safety. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they didn't blitz much. Eight fewest rate in the league. 10th most on stunt rate in terms of how much they did gap exchanges. So while they did make improvements there, just here at Cover Zero, we love the trenches. And if you don't really have much in the trenches, which this team doesn't from a pass rush perspective, I don't really understand a lot there or see a lot there, expect a lot from the defense. Offensively, the O-line retooling with Braxton Jones on the left side, Tevin Jenkins moving from the right to the left side. Cody Whitehair has played guard and center. He played guard last year, moving back to center. And then, of course, the rookie Darnell right at the right tackle. This is a solid unit. The best one that Fields has had to work with. But when it comes to a new offensive line, guys going to different positions and guys coming over from other teams and adding a rookie there as well, you could see some time it takes them to gel. You could really see that as well. We had also touched on Fields as a runner, right? And I don't necessarily know if – I know we all know this, but people listening, I don't know if people understand how effective of a runner as he was last year. Yep. He had 7.2 yards per carry last season, four and a half yards after contact per rush. He forced 0.4 missed t- 
tackles per rush, right? Now, for context, I may not sound like a lot. That's basically a missed tackle force every other carry. For context, Christian McCaffrey last year had 36 missed tackles forced on 242 carries. Fields had 38 missed tackles forced on 89 carries. So he forced two more missed tackles than Christian McCaffrey did while carrying the ball 153 less times than Christian McCaffrey did. That's just absolutely insane. Just absolutely insane. But to what you alluded to, Henry, as well, and I think kind of what all of us are echoing, Fields' improvement on just the easy stuff from a passing perspective is what's really going to be something that has to move the barometer on this team and this offense overall. And it's something that just we haven't really seen from him yet. His big-time throw weight was better than Herbert, better than Goff, better than Tyler. We'll get to why it was better than Herbert, of course, once we get to the AFC West. But the easy stuff is what he has to make improvements on. I do think he improves. I do think Claypool and him get in jail, start to jail like we've talked about, like you mentioned, Henry. DJ Moore, the addition of him. I would honestly say DJ Moore is like right about there as a wide receiver one. With, you know, I know Chase disagreed. I'm more kind of in the lines with you, with you, Cordell. With what we've seen this man do, thousand yard seasons with the cast of quarterbacks that you aren't really proud to name when he was in Carolina. That was cool. And last season, last little tidbit of a stat, last season, Bears were dead last in the league in yards after catch among their pass catchers with only 1,150 yards. League average last year for yards after the catch per team was 1,800. They were that far away from league average. And so if Fields can get those, easier things down, hit guys earlier in the down, allow them to work after the catch. Be this, this could be a very, very good team, but seven wins, six, seven wins is kind of where I'm at. I'll put my final number on seven. All of us coming in underneath that Vegas line for the Bears this year. Moving it on to the Packers. Last season, this team went eight and nine, finished third in the division, started off three and one, lost five straight, then won five of their last six games losing their last home game and last game in a Green Bay uniform for Mr. Aaron Rodgers to the Lions. And swing it to you first, Henry, right now. What was your overall synopsis on what this team looked like in the last time that Aaron Rodgers was ever playing games in Lambeau? You know, the last thing I remember from from the Packers is, is, is that very last game. Them, if they would have beat the Detroit Lions, they would have been in the playoffs. Packers were such a disappointment last year, you know, they lost, you know, Devontae Adams to your guys' Raiders, and it seemed like that really uh, put a real damper on that team as far as trying to move the ball up and down the field. But, yeah, Packers were a big dis- disappointment last year. We already know Aaron Rodgers, he's gone from that team now, so that's one of the big losses that they're going to be having to deal with. But I really was so shocked that they lost to the Detroit Lions very last game at home for them to lose like that in the fashion that they did. Says a lot about this team going forward, but yeah, the last thing I remember about the Green Bay Packers is them losing the game to get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stood out. It was pretty memorable. Rodgers being all dramatic, walking off the walking off field, right, holding right, Goff's right. shoulder and all yeah. that like it's a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, quick brush over the numbers. Points per game last year, they were 14th, 17th in pass yards per game, 15th in rushing yards. And this run blocking grade from a team perspective, according to PFF, they were 22nd. But from a ball carrier efficiency standpoint, PFF had their running backs at second. So them kind of landing in the middle, the summation of just those two parts when it comes to the running game. They allowed the 15th most points. They had they allowed the sixth fewest passing yards per game in the NFL, but gave up the seventh most 
rush yards per game, and we're also fifth most in yards per carry allowed. If we were to look at this staff overall, Jay, to swing this one to you, got Matt LaFleur coming back for his fifth season, Brian Gutenkoos in his sixth year as the GM, Joe Barry as a DC. What are your expectations for this team really facing the biggest shift that this coaching staff that's there has faced since they have arrived? I mean, that's a great, of course, you always got the great questions, but real shit. <laughs> that's a great question, man. And the reason why I say that is because I, I don't, what can this team, what can we, because I don't have them winning many games at all. I got this right. team being last. So for me, the expectations would be this team really not dying out on, on Matt LaFleur, you know, and, and really hanging in there, you know, as, as a team and not really giving up because right now from what we see, unless Jordan Love is it really turns out because we haven't seen enough of him. I mean, if he, if he, if he works on the things he has to work on and, you know, he, he get them to he, he get them over the hump on some big time wins and stuff like that, then maybe this team surprises people, but I just don't see that happening with him being the full-time starter first season. I just haven't seen enough. So my expectations really is just a team really not giving up because I just don't see okay. them winning too many games. I don't, you know, they lost too many players. Obviously, like Henry brought up, Aaron Rodgers is the biggest loss probably this whole offseason in general. I mean, we knew he was he was out of there anyway for the most part. He probably would have been out of there the year before. I mean, we always hear about it, you know, about him being being somewhere else and not Green Bay. But not only that, they lost weapons too. They lost Alan Lazard. They lost Randall Cobb. You know, I know Randall Cobb is getting older, but he's a player that – he's a veteran player, somebody that Jordan Love, you know, could, could really use right now, you know, at the wide receiver position. So. They got my boy Watson over there, Christian Watson. But I think he's gonna take a hit now because he don't have the Aaron Rodgers, right? You know, anymore over there. So yeah, it, to me, it, it comes down to this team really hanging in there and fighting for Matt, and then seeing what to do next year. If Jordan Love proves to be the guy, then you know they win more games, and I got them winning, and they go on next season with a you know with their you know with, with higher hopes, you know, and, and everything else. But if not, then, you know, they're going to have to reboot at the quarterback position. They're going to have to draft somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Uh, I remember last time we had uh, talked about coaches, Henry, when you were on one of the shows, you were not a fan of Matt LaFleur at all. You know Has that changed? Oh, uh, absolutely not. Still hasn't. I, I don't believe in him at all. Yeah. Nope. Hasn't changed one bit. <laughs> Staying the same. <laughs> Staying the same. Sorry, so. Yeah, Corday, the coaching staff they have here. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on the Joe Barry at D.C.? Of course, there's Rich Passaccia in there as the assistant head coach. Adam Stenovich in his second year as the offensive coordinator and Matt LaFleur in his fifth. What's your overall summation on those guys? Uh, I mean, Matt LaFleur, it's funny, Henry doesn't believe in Matt LaFleur. I always kind of thought so, too, in a different way. But uh, Joe Barry's a defensive coordinator. Last year, this defense definitely underachieved. Um, and played a lot of zone. And then also they spent a lot of draft picks last year, both at D-line and linebacker. And their run defense still sucks. So I'm kind of like, you you would think some changes would have happened, you know? Like um, drafting more to address these needs would help the defense. But the defense took a huge step back, just like how on offense they did without uh, Devontae Adams. So I'm kind of like, all right, should maybe they should have made like a defensive change or a defensive coordinator change or, or something, you know? Uh, Malifor, we're going to see how great of a head coach he is and play caller this upcoming year with Jordan Love, a young uh, quarterback. And 
yeah, I'm very interested to see his team because we saw how much this offense struggled without Devontae Adams. And I'm going to give it up to Gutekunst because I'm going to put a lot of blame on him because him and Aaron Rodgers have been having a beef for years, you know. And selecting Christian Watson in the second round, second round, yes, he uh he started to come on towards like the second half of the season and uh, Romeo Dobbs. Uh, I feel like it was always a beef there between them when contracts and things like that. So that's why he didn't draft a guy in the first round. He could have probably got somebody just waited to the second, you know. So the lack of weapons on offense and the struggle on offense was definitely, I felt like, um, because of the GM's fault um, of not having immediate weapons and then also trading Devontae as well when we saw how much Aaron Rodgers struggled without him. And also hearing that uh, Romeo Dobbs is training all season with, with Jordan Love and not Christian Watson. So I'm just wondering how that's going to be as well. So. Not too many upgrades on the offense, like at the wide receiver position. I know they selected uh, Jaden Reed, but I'm just wondering. I'm expecting more struggle on the offense from the passing game. Maybe they might run it more, but hey, we'll see. Yeah. Oh, there's only a couple other coaches I would want to mention here. Tom Clements is the QB coach for them, and he has over 25 years of experience as a basically a quarterback coach, offensive coordinator within the NFL. From 2006 to 2016, he was with Arizona, took time away from coaching, came back, though, to Green Bay in 2022. And I have to think that was a strategic move to get him to used to working with Jordan Love, because I'm wondering if they saw the writing on the wall as far as to, you know, how it was going with Rodgers. And he could kind of just be on the sidelines and pick Love's brain and really start to start the grooming process last year for him. And, and uh, Clements, within his track record, he was the QB coach of Favre, Rodgers, obviously, also Cordell Stewart. And during their tenure as quarterbacks, both Elvis Gerbach and Tommy Maddox made the Pro Bowl when Tom Clements was a QB coach over there. So if they're putting everything in, at least from a coaching perspective in that regard, to allow it to work while maybe the personnel could be better, to be able to see if Love can elevate his game to the fullest level. Surprisingly enough, you know who their offensive line coach is? <laughs> it's Luke Butkus. Nephew of the Chicago linebacker, Dick Butkus, <laughs> coaching another team in his division with his 17 years of offensive line coaching experience. I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. It is, uh, especially being in the same division. Right? Like, I, I wonder how many Bears fans know that as if they need any more gasoline to pour on the fire of hate that they have for that squad. But, you know, there's, there's a little bit there, and I wonder what that's like on family holidays. <laughs> uh, pass rush specialist uh, Jason Rebovich is over there 13 years experience in the NFL another 10 in the, in the college ranks as a linebacker and defensive line coach most notably he was the defensive line and linebacker coach with the Jaguars during their Saxonville year so if they're going to improve their sack total which was pretty low last year then he's going to have to really be a, be a notable piece in, within that change to move on to their free agent losses, only really a couple. Jay, you already touched on Lazard and Cobb, et cetera. Robert Tanyan, as we mentioned on the earlier one. Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Right. Adrian Amos was one who recently went over to the Jets as Jets well. Too. Right, right. Yeah. Jaron Reed went over to Seattle. They only added one guy that <laughs> looks to play in yep. free agency, and that's Jonathan Owens, the man who is married to Simone Biles, safety from Texans. Come oh, over play with them. okay. All yeah, right. he's married to married to Simone. They got married this year. Go. Mm -hmm. Draft class. Swing this one over to you, Jay. What was your overall thoughts on their draft? 
draft is cool, man. I I, I like more of like like the the couple picks that they had. The the, the first pick, Lucas. Van Ness out of Iowa. I did like – I like that pick a lot because they do have to improve on their defense. We talked about this division defense, the whole division for the most part. Minnesota wasn't too bad. But as far as everybody else, for the most part, the defense is just – it's it's not that good. You know, it's trash. Um, Lucas adds, you know, I, I think not only pass rush, but I, I, I feel like in certain areas, certain spots, he can cover a little bit. And then I really do like Luke Musgrave too uh, out of Oregon State. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's a, I think he's a solid tight end. He didn't really play as much, so there's not too much like tape out there, film of him. But the but the tape that is out there, you could tell that he he can play, you know, and he could run routes, you know. Yeah, dude play. had like 200 yards in two total games last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he he could play, but you just don't. It's not a it's it's not a bunch of film on him, and he has he doesn't have much to really go off from last year. But I do like that pickup. And, you know, so those two players right there, for the most part, those are the two players that I really like, you know, that they picked up. And I think that can, you know, contribute right away, you know, especially uh, Lucas. I think I think I think he starts right. I think he starts, bro. I'll be honest. with you. I I think he well, if not start, I think he'll definitely get rotation time, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. PT, a lot of PT, you know, and then um, Musgrave, I think for the most part, I think he'll start. I think it comes down really with training camp with him and Jordan Love. If, if they can build some early and often, then you know you'll start seeing him on the field as well. So that, those are the two players. I know the t- first two, the other players, yeah, were, for sure, uh, Aiden Reed out of uh, Michigan State. He's solid, you know. But I mean, I, I don't, you know, Tucker Craft, the <clears throat> the tight end. They drafted two tight ends. He's the one out of South Dakota. That's solid. And you know what? It was smart for them to do that because what's a quarterback's favorite you know position to throw to you know I mean a young QB it's always the tight end they always like building to the they like throwing up the middle they like throwing to bigger bigger players and the tight ends is always the ones that normally is up the middle and the the bigger you know they're the bigger weapons for the most part when it comes down to tight ends and the wide receivers so especially if they're not blocking if they're more of a a, a receiving tight end than than a blocking tight end so and that's how I feel you know Luke is and uh Tucker Craft so those are the few picks that I, you know, would, would point out and say they're pretty solid, and I think they can, you know, get some PT, you know, early on in this uh, this season. Did anyone think Jaden Reed was overdrafted? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you had Marvin Mims, Jalen Hyatt, Josh Downs, Tank Dell, and Michael Wilson all still on the board, and they took Jaden Reed. Mm-hmm. I just personally, I had them all higher than him as well. But are we Are we shocked? <laughs> you know, yeah. Green Bay and then drafting wide receiver. They either don't draft one, they draft one that they probably shouldn't have drafted. Yeah. Okay. Ted Thompson not there no more, man. Ted Thompson drafted a lot of great receivers. Guda Kunz, I don't feel like it's that dude when it comes to drafting receivers. That's just Watson, I give a pass to. Everybody know how high I am on Watson. So. Yeah, because yeah. I'm like, they don't draft wide receivers in the first round. That's what Green Bay doesn't do. They draft them in yeah. the second. But I'm like, Gouda, I'm like, Ted Thompson could find great receivers. Guda Kunz has it. I'm like, you should have changed that and took one in the first round. Stop trying to use the think of all because I don't feel like you are as great a talent evaluator when mm-hmm. it comes to um, wide receivers in the later rounds. And a lot of times, y'all ain't been great on drafting defensive players either on, on, in the first round too. So, mm-hmm. especially outside linebackers. Y'all keep whiffing. Mm-hmm. Crazy thing about Lucas Van Ness, he wasn't even a starter at Iowa. True. Yeah. yeah. 
So yeah. I heard the re- I heard the reason that was because I was very old yeah, school. Yeah, they go by you know senior older classmen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's garbage. It's all yeah, that, that is garbage. That is garbage. He's a player on to be on the field. Yeah. Period. Yeah, so he was the best, arguably the best player, but because it was older cats in front of him, they started and he didn't start, even though he out here balling. Cal, you UC Berkeley does that too. UC Berkeley does, does that as well. Where one of my homies got stuck behind a dude who was like a red shirt junior and he just transferred in and he got so yeah yeah because you're older class when you get to start for whatever reason swing it back to you henry as we look at their outlook for 2023 and we they approached the first year without pretty much a guy that we at least at this point know is a hall of fame quarterback they went from far they went to rogers and now to this big question mark in in jordan love and pretty much running it back with the same staff defensively and no real huge gets per se as far as moving the needle, what's your expectation for this team overall and why? Well, if I'm going to talk about wins, I'm going to talk about I'm going to give them uh, six wins. I got them being third in, in the division this, this upcoming season. You lost probably the greatest thrower of the football that, that we've ever seen in Aaron Rodgers. He's over there now with the Jets. Uh, we saw a couple small sample sizes of Jordan Love. And I feel like, you know, when he had his opportunity, I feel like he really didn't make the most of the opportunity. I, I, I think about that Chiefs game that he had, uh, what was a couple of years ago, you know, didn't make the most of, most of that. So, you know, but he, lately his team has been praising him, but of course they're going to praise him. They're not going right. oh, to say nothing. Right, exactly. right. So, so, of course, they're going to give his praise. They're not, they're not going to go to the media and say, oh, yeah, he's not doing good in practice. They're not going to say none of that shit. So, this season all depends on him. You know, they traded up for this quarterback. They made Aaron Rodgers mad that they drafted this guy. So it's it's a big, big shoes you have to fill in. You're you're coming in to a Hall of Fame quarterback's position. So let's see what he can do. Do I think he's going to be as great as what his teammates are saying he's going to be? I don't. But, you know, he, he can prove me wrong. But as far as the overall Green Bay Packers team of this 2023 season, I give him six wins and third in the division. Coming in third in the division. Corday, same question to you. Win total, overall expectations, and why they finished where you got them. Uh, I got them at uh, six wins as well. Uh, I don't I don't think – I don't think this team is that good, honestly. And I don't think Gutekunst has surrounded them with a lot of talent. And it's still crazy to me that that defense regressed after having two first-round picks over there. Uh, and then the weapons, we just talked about it. Uh, the weapons aren't great. And Jordan Love taking over uh, first year as a full-time starter. I do disagree with you, Henry. Like I, that, that Chiefs game, he did not look great. But last year, he started to show strides. I think that's the reason why they pushed for this. And I think um, also it's Gouda comes guy. And, man, him and Aaron Rodgers did not see eye to eye. But I feel like this is Gouda Kunz, Like I, I got my guy out there. We're going to try to make sure that he starts and try to – have them succeed. That's why they took uh, the two tight ends, which they should try to utilize a lot more. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think. Uh, get his name. The head coach wanted to use tight ends a lot more uh, initially when he first got there, but uh, uh, tailored the offense more around uh, Aaron Rodgers' strength. So we're gonna see a different kind of offense, and hopefully they run the ball a lot more too with uh, with Aaron Jones and uh, and Dylan. They have two great backs there, so they should try to utilize those more, especially with a young quarterback, and then have establish a ground game but yeah now i got the team going uh six and eleven which is still weird to say i was about to say six and ten (laughs) 
Vegas has this team also at 7-5 this year. So far, Henry and Corday eye-to-eye at six wins for them. I know you said you got them in last, Jay. What's your overall synopsis and expectation? I got them at 5-12. and 12. You know, I got them last, bro. I, I just don't I, – I, I haven't seen enough from Jordan Love. And the crazy thing is I liked him coming – I think we all did when he was coming out. At least I remember me being a big fan. Like, I, I think he could be pretty solid. When he fell to them, I actually was one of the few that liked the pick. You did. You know, a I lot remember. of people – yeah, a lot of people didn't like it because of wide receiver, but I felt like they could have grabbed one in second. Now, that didn't happen either, but, you know, that's <laughs> for another discussion. But I did like the pick. You know, however, we haven't seen – I haven't seen nothing from him. I haven't seen nothing from him in the time – well, I let, let me take that back. I'm not going to say nothing. I have seen some from him. And there's some things that I feel like he needs to work on. I feel like, you know, his reads – one thing I will say, he has solid reads. He has solid reads. He can read. He, his recognition and all of that is, is, is not too bad. But when it comes down to his deep throws, he's not as accurate, you know. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he, those are things he has to work on. <clears throat> work on so I'm not too sure with Jordan Love so I can't you know that's that's number one number two is they lost players that I feel like that he built some type of chemistry with through the offseason through training camp you know they lost Randall Cobb who I brought up they lost Alan L- L- Lazard you know and obviously I mean Aaron Rodgers I, I don't know how much chemistry they really had together they don't look like you know he really I don't know I don't know how much really chemistry they really had together on that as far as like Aaron really teaching him anything, Aaron but, just I mean, seemed like a weird ass dude, especially yeah, you. bro. You, you don't really like, you, you get along. <laughs> yeah, you don't know if he get along with anybody. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I I don't know what Jordan Love is about. So I, that that's number one, and then uh, or yeah, n- number two is just them losing the players, and then their draft. Although I did like the the, the first t- couple picks, and then I did like the the, the tight end out of South Dakota. The rest of the draft is n- nothing really stands out after that for me. Yeah. So, you know, and then the defense is not that good. So what are, what are we really going off of? I, like, I, I, think the Bear, I think the Bears is a better team. I think Justin Fields and got, you know, he's got more chemistry with his players. I feel like he's got better weapons. They did more with their team. I know it's only it's, – it's not a big difference. You know, I got them at five. I got the Bears at six. So it's not no – I mean, it's, it's not a big difference. I just – and only why I got Green Bay really at five, I mean – there's a couple, like, I guess because it's Green Bay. And I do like Matt LaFleur. I'm one of the few that like him. I remember the conversation, Jordan. I do definitely remember. I know you didn't ask me. No, <laughs> but for I, sure. I remember the conversation. But, yeah, I, I, I do like him. I do feel like he brought a big-time running game element to this offense. Maybe not as much as he could have. I think that was the actual argument when we uh, – Yeah, I want to say you're right, yeah. And, you know, but also, it was more cook his ass. Yeah, yeah, but it was more than Mike McCarthy, and that's what I was really getting at. It was, it, I mean, he did more with the running backs he had, you know, than what Mike McCarthy did. So maybe that's what he do this season. But they don't have an Aaron Rodgers back there. So yeah, I got them at five, five and twelve, man. Um, and a couple wins, like the one win that I kept going back, back and forth with is the New Orleans. You know, mm-hmm. week three. You know, I got them winning that game. Mm-hmm. But I kept going back and forth. But, hey, they probably lose that one. So, you know, this team really could end up with just four or five wins, man. And I think it's more if that happens, yeah, it's definitely some blame to go with the coach. But it's also talent, too. Let's just keep it real. Aaron Rodgers not there. Wide receiver's not there. There's nothing there. I like Watson, but I just feel like he's still his second year. And he started coming on late with a quarterback that's yeah. not even mm-hmm. there no more. So, you know, yeah, this this team's in shambles. Last place. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I, I would have to say I have them there at last place in the division as well. I remember I, I had the Bears, seven wins, kind of leaning towards that sixth. Uh, the Packers, I'm like, six wins feels more correctly. And there's maybe a chance, you know, it's odd, it's odd football. Think it bounce a certain way and they get seven, but I think six is sounding more correct for this team. Overall, I just don't know if there's going to be enough improvement for this team to be able to really address the issues they had last year. Mm-hmm. This team was fifth fewest in the, sa- in the sack department last season but they were fifth most in blitz rate, right? So it just didn't seem like they were bringing a lot of heat, but they weren't really converting that to a lot. And they did add Lucas Van Ness. Hopefully we do get a a much more full season from Rayshon Gary this year. I think that if we do, I don't think he's set to come back even week one, Mm -hmm. but if we do get more from him, that's going to be, that's going to be key. And they're really expecting a lot from guys that they have drafted in the last couple of seasons. That's really kind of how, Green Bay tends to do things is they they will make a couple of free agent moves here or there, but mostly this is a team that builds through the draft. Yeah, Devonte Wyatt is you know coming into his second year, who was a D tackle that we liked last year, coming out another one of those cats from Georgia, and Preston Smith, Devondre Campbell still over there, Quay Walker, another guy from linebacker who was a linebacker out of Georgia as well that just had some humongous boneheaded plays last season. We'll have to see if he can go ahead and turn that around. Adrian Amos not signing back with his team doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I thought he was one of their better DBs. So you got Darnell Savage and Jonathan Owens trotting out there next to our boy, Jay, Jair Alexander. Yes, sir. Still holding it down in that secondary over there. But just with the outlook of this squad and really my expectation from such a young, unproven quarterback like we had talked about, and then really just the receiving core, every person he is throwing to, while they might have some things they can do well on the field, Watson's a nice deep ball guy. He's got good speed. Once Aaron saw that he had a step last year as it started to go, like he started to look for that. Once mm-hmm. Watson had a step on a DB running a nine route down the sideline, Aaron would let it go. But like you mentioned, Jay, Jordan Love, does he have that recognition on a consistent basis? And can he put the ball where he needs to on a consistent basis? I think it's the consistent down-to-down throws, right, being able right. to make different throws at different times, right. which is going to be tough to see on a consistent right. basis from him. Mm-hmm. Corday, would you mention this team should run the ball a little bit more going into this season? I think we see that. Last year, they were 15th overall in rush attempts. And the strength of the squad, I mean, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, those two are nasty. They are the only team this year in the NFL with two running backs who finished within the top 18 in PFF rushing grade. So, I, I mean, this is really the strength and the lifeblood of that unit and going to be able to take pressure off love. but. I just don't see there being enough for this team to make a bigger difference, especially with all the new different pieces they have in there. But if they do, then we hopefully all start talking about Matt LaFleur in a different light. Because if he makes if he makes chicken salad out of this, yeah. he's going to have to give him his flowers. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. right. But coming in at six wins as well, last in the division, we are halfway through now, through our division preview. Moving on next to the Lions. Last year, the fighting Dan Campbells finished at nine and eight. They were five and four at home and five hundred on the road. Overall, though, five and one in the division. This was a really a tale of two halves of the season for this squad as well. Weeks one through eight, they were one and six and allowed thirty-two points per game during that stretch. They fired their defensive backs coach Aubrey Present during that time. Yeah, trash. Yep. Needed to be fired. He did, rightfully so. Weeks nine through eighteen, this team went eight and two. Yeah. And allowed only 20 points per game over the final 10. 
that's basically two touchdowns less after that type of change and after they really we reworked some things from a schematic perspective. Corday, as you watched this team last year and you remember the 2022 Lions, what do you remember most about them? I remember the fight Dan Campbell's. It looked like uh, Dan Campbell might job might have been on the line, but then they all of a sudden they made a switch. Uh, Bob Johnson, uh, that offense came alive um, and got Jared Goff playing lights out and out of his mind like uh, he was when he was with the with the Rams. And then they finally started to solidify that defense where they wasn't giving up a ton of deep plays from uh, their cornerbacks. Um, uh, Aiden Hutchinson started coming alive. He finished, I believe, with uh, I think it was nine sacks. And then mm-hmm. their other outside linebacker, I mean, or DN, like stand-up DN, um, he started to develop a pass rush as well. Oh, it was Jeff- James Houston, the rotational yeah, guy. Yeah. Rotational guy, yeah. So that's all. He added, and he had eight sacks, which mm-hmm. in limited time as a as a rotation guy, which definitely helped them out. So you know you can't if you keep sacking the quarterback, they can't throw it over your head, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his offense really came alive. Amaron Saint Brown uh, definitely was making a lot of plays, um, and then uh, Jamal Williams, who's, who I'm a huge fan of because he talks about anime every chance he get. Um, uh, <laughs> it was out here. I remember somebody in he's like Pokemon. He was like, "Don't do that! Don't yeah, do I that!" that uh, he had a uh, what was it like fourteen <laughs> like, touchdowns on the ground or something like that? Some ridiculous. But he's gone to uh, New Orleans. Um, and I honestly feel like that's a big hole <sighs> that they're going to have to replace. But yeah, a lot of strides made. And even when they got knocked out of the playoffs and they could make it, the fact that they made sure. If the Packers didn't go, I think definitely is something that will carry into this season and uh, help the fighting uh, Dan Campbell's or as they keep biting off people's kneecaps um, on a way to really try to contend for this NFC North uh, title. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think is going to be a big hole that they got to replace? Yeah, I was trying to – yeah, what I didn't catch oh, that it, either. Uh, at the running back position. Why, Jamal why, Williams. Why do you think that? Uh, goal line touches on uh, – and also, I'm not a big Montgomery fan. Is like that. Was he, uh, he, 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 he's not a good goal line rush. Not really. No. What? I was I wasn't big on him coming out of the draft, so that's why. I feel like he like has games here and there, but I don't think he's the same that that good of a guy. Let me ask you it this way, Corday. Behind what is I think the second best offensive line in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Still, you still kind of have that. And considering, I mean, we can just jump to it because that's who we're talking about yeah, it right yeah, now. Don't, don't think about the Bears days. We already know what the Bears all line was about. You, you got to think about it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now it's like with you know, a great offensive line, as I said, the second best. And, you know, with he, he, him back, he, you don't think it'll – you don't think it'll fill the hole? He, he definitely is. He's going to be punished this season, bro. I mean, no, I don't. I don't think so. I okay. think that'll be a loss. And then also <laughs> – Okay. All right, man. And then also at receiver, too. Uh, I'm on Ron St. Brown. Like, I feel like, honestly, this team, I feel like a great dope. Like, if Hopkins signed with them, that would be a great addition to their receiving core, especially with um, uh, uh, with Jamison Williams going to miss a few games, too, because he was gambling in the team's facility as well. Yeah. So, that's, he's, mm-hmm. so that's another six-game loss. So, I think mm-hmm. – so, I'm wondering about that. Like, how – Will this offense step up and become even yeah, better? They, they you know? signed. They signed Marvin Jones. Yeah, Marvin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, you know we biased. You know, point. hey, you know me and Henry a little biased, man. That's I know. our boy, man. That, that's I know. Our boy. We got to get you him. Know, I, like the Marvin, show. I feel like Marvin Jones should have never left. They should have kept him. That honestly, me. Uh, he came back, but it's still like you know, 
uh, was down in Jacksonville, but older up is getting older. And yeah, but how much effective will Marvin Jones be? You know, like yeah, that he's well. he's the stopgap X till Jamison yeah. comes back, likely be yeah. a third receiver. They still have Khalif Raymond, who I always appreciate as just a guy to have on your on your receiving team. His ability in the return game, he's fast as hell. And most people don't know who he is, so they don't give him his respect for his speed. But he do be he, he is a sleeper in fantasy. I know Chase ain't on here, but he do be going off for like a good. 12 to 15 points for like a good four-week stretch at times. So I do be seeing him that. When Amon Ross St. Brown was hurt last year, I think he was going off for like several consistent weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah. To look at the stats before we move further into the X's and O's and our expectations, they were fifth in overall points per game, fourth in yards. The fewest total turnovers of any offense last season was the Detroit Lions, only 15 last year. Right. That says something really for what Dan Campbell and what this overall staff and kind of how they're approaching it does, because most people just think stupid lines, they're going to make boneheaded plays. And that really wasn't the case last year. It wasn't. wasn't. Yeah. Eighth overall in passing yards, 11th in rushing yards. They allowed, though, the third most points in the league and the most yards in the league. Yeah. Yep. Passing yards was third most, which would have been way worse had they not made that change in around week nine, as we previously mentioned. Most first downs allowed. Most first downs allowed. Still, three hundred seventy-seven on the year, and the fourth most rushing yards allowed. Swing this one uh, back to you, Henry. Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn. This is their third year here in Detroit. What do you think of these dudes? I like Dan Campbell. I, I, I like the whole coaching staff. I want to say majority of the coaching staff is former players. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. so, something that you don't see at all in the NFL or in, you know, coaching, period. So, I like Dan Campbell, man. I remember me and Josiah had a little conversation about them. You know, you you brought up, you know, those those losses in the beginning of the season. A lot of them, they weren't getting – it's not like they were getting blown out. They're, it was close losses. Close games, right, right. Dan Campbell has – he has that team fighting. I go back, what, two years ago, we two, we, we barely won because Justin Tucker had to hit a – Record setting goal, sixty six bouncer and all that. Yeah, or he, Dan Campbell has that team over there fighting, man. And I think that's all you can ask for as a player, as, as or even as a coach is you go out there and just give it your all. And his players out there goes out there and gives it his all. I love this coaching staff, and a lot. Of, and I remember a lot of people. I was having uh, some you know, chopping up with some people at, at my job. That's all. Oh man, I don't like to open the game with the Chiefs line. I loved it. I think oh yeah, great game. Yeah, why not? I mean, those are just average football. Teams. Yeah, exactly. right. Right. Lions was the hottest team. Yeah, let's just I, keep I, it real. Like I said, right. eight and two last ten. Yeah, games. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> people shot. Oh, well, I thought they're going to probably be a rematch with the Eagles. Nah, I think this game is going to be great opening game. So, <laughs> two teams that can put up points. That, yeah. I mean, that, that mm-hmm. right there is what everybody wants yeah, to see. Oh, great test Lions is definitely. You know, and a lot of people, you know, looking down at golf and all that, but golf, he, he, he bouncing back over there. He's playing real solid for them. Not playing super great, but not playing horrible either. He's doing mm-hmm. just enough to try to, you know, get them to win. So, yeah, I, I love this coaching staff. Probably one of my favorite coaching staffs in the NFL because of how hard they fight for that for their coaches. You agree, Jay? I agree 1,000, bro. <laughs> I agree 1,000. I couldn't really – I couldn't wait really to, to get on this team, man. First of all, like – Henry brought up Dan Campbell. Shout out Dan Campbell, bro, because you know what? Like you brought up, Henry, those first 
eight games. You know, they had a bye week, week six. They were close losses. I mean, they had they they beat the Commanders, and all the other games were losses, but they were very very close. They got blown out by versus the Cowboys, and they got blown out by the Patriots, right? Yeah, they got blown out by the Cowboys and the Patriots. But yeah. outside of those two games, they were very very close, and that's what Dan Campbell. You know, normally you see that with head coaches where they're more. You know, he's not. I don't really consider him more of an X's and O X's no, and O's type of guy. He's more of a players coach. You know, and they, like Henry brought up, was a, I mean, they were fighting for it all through the season. And for a team to really be one and eight and then turn it around to make it eight and two and really handle business, I mean, some of their wins, it's been close wins. They had a couple losses after that. But for the most part, they did their thing, man. You got to really respect Dan Campbell for that. And then outside of that, as far as, the, the the offense, I definitely disagree with you, Corday. You already know this was coming, bro. Like David Montgomery <laughs> behind that offensive line, bro. I think he's really, I think he's gonna have his best seasons with the Detroit Lions because they want to run the ball and he wants to run the ball. I think with the Chicago Bears, it was up and down. At times they would, you know, I mean they got a new head coach over there. Now who's to say if he would have stayed over there, maybe he would have been the guy, maybe he wouldn't have been. I don't know. But that's kind of what it's been with him over there. Over here, I think he's the number one guy over here, bro. I think he's about to. I think he's about to have a great season this year, man. And behind that, number one rank or number two offensive line, I think. Like Jordan, I agree with Jordan a thousand percent. Got the Eagles, and then right behind, I I, I got to say Detroit, man. I got to say yeah, Detroit. Detroit got a great O line. Yeah, they mm-hmm. got a great O line, and then Jared Goff. I'm a, actually, bro. I I really think I can't say that was his best season, but I kind of want to say it was his best season. And the reason why is because. Nobody expected him to do that with the talent. I'm not saying he didn't have no talent. He had talent. He had the offensive line and everything. But for them to be one and eight, and then for him to turn it around and to have the passing yards that he had and the touchdowns that he had, I really – I just didn't expect that from Jared Goff. You know what I'm saying? Like when he was with yeah. the Rams, you see it. Okay, he, he got Sean McVay over there. They got Todd Gurley. I'm just saying the first few seasons. And after that, you know, you just got the offensive mind over there with Sean McVay the first few seasons with Todd Gurley, you know they're going to make it work regardless. You know, the top defense over there, this defense is trash. This defense had to get better. Now, they got better. They got better, but I'm just, you know, reiterating Mm -hmm. that Jared Goff did more last year than I feel like he's ever done, ever. I feel like he's, you know, he he didn't have the coach like a Sean McVay. Dan Campbell's a great coach. Well, I'm not going to say great. He's a good coach. But I don't think he's on the level of, of, a Sean McVay or anything like that. So I feel like what we've seen from Jared Goff without the offensive mind, they got good offensive minds there for sure, but I they're, they're not on the level of a Sean McVay. So for him to be able to do what he did with them being down, you know, uh, being one and eight was impressive. That was one really and six, impressive. one and six, yeah, one, one and six, one and six. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, I think, with that being said, with everything, man, I really do like this team. I, I can't – and then I feel like with the defense, I feel like the defense really improved. You know, um, they went out and got your boy Corday, you know, Gardner. They brought him in. I feel like that was big for their coverage because their coverage is lacking. I mean, they really had to – they had to get – you brought up the pass rush. Pass yeah. rush was, was going. Yeah, yeah. That, that coverage, they got to get – they got to get that going. You did bring up the weapons. Me and Henry, we biased. Marvin Jones is over there, so we obviously yeah. going to talk good things about that. You know, um, I think he is a solid – I think he's a solid two. 
I think he's a solid two. Some may say a three now. He's definitely I, a three yeah, now. He just can't separate. I'm still going to say two. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, he's reliable. <laughs> I'm going to say he's two. He's a three. <laughs> I, I love Marvin's you know game. Though? I love Marvin's game. I did. I just last year, that dude, he's, I mean, he's in what, his 11th season right now? Yeah. He's old. Yeah. Season? Yeah. Yeah, he's just, you know, if it's you're calling weird, him man. old, you calling us old, bro. Like, come on, man. We are old. I'm you're old. Not old. <laughs> you're not old. All right. And the, but one thing I did want to bring up, Corday, when you brought up David Montgomery being, or no, yeah. when you brought up Jamal Williams being the biggest loss, yeah. I honestly think it's Jameis Williams because he hasn't built anything with this team yet. And yeah. he's supposed to be the number one wide receiver. And now he has a yeah. six game. Suspension, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just think this really hurts his chemistry with this mm-hmm. offense, with the quarterback, you know. Um, so that they'll, that's, they'll get him back, they'll still have him for you know, yeah, they'll have, no, they'll have him. But I'm just saying for them to start off without him, and then right. he has to come back in and he has to catch back up because when he when he comes back in, somebody else is going to be the number one, right? I mean, there's there's got to be somebody Jared Goff's going to be throwing it's probably going to be Marvin right. Jones. I think. I think Amon Ra is the number one, like in terms of usage, targets, who defenses are trying to stop the most. I think it's Amon Ra St. Brown. Amon Ra for sure. Okay, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Amon Ra for sure. And then second, though, it, 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 he 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 could come in second, but who knows? I mean, I don't know. It just depends on what Jared Goff, what, what kind of chemistry he has. Mm-hmm. If this team is playing the way we think. But I don't want to take up too much time. But, yeah, I, I think a lot of this team, man, I think this team is – they're going to win the division. A couple other notable names on the coaching staff. For me, honestly, the best, arguably in the entire, in the entire league this year, the best person to stick around was yep. Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator. Yep. Arguably in the entire – like, he does not get nearly the credit that this dude deserves for how he designs offenses, how he just – I'll get more into it when we get into our expectations, but that guy – is just I, I watched the L22 and I just, you know, I find myself just applauding so many things he does. Interestingly enough, this year, I don't know if anybody else caught this. You know who Mark Burnell is the quarterback coach for his third season over there, doing really well with this unit. Do you know who the assistant QB coach is this year? It's JT Barrett, quarterback from Ohio State. Always wow. talked about him as like a leader, his the way yeah, like a team yeah. oriented guy he is, unselfish. And just the mind that he is, like just another, and as you had mentioned, I think, Henry, another former player coming into the staff. Just really going to be able to find dividends there on that squad. Wide receiver coach Antoine Randall-L. And Aaron Glenn, his third season over there as the as the uh, defensive coordinator. First year with the team, quarterback coach, cornerback coach, Dre Bly, former Lion DB. Oh, he, he was nice. Yeah, he yeah, was. Dre was nice, man. Dre, Dre was, was nice. man. Dre. Uh, Deuce Staley left, huh? He yeah, left. He, he went left. To Carolina. He went to Carolina. He went down to Carolina. He and I just want to – that's funny that you brought that – well, go ahead, Henry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, they, they, him and uh, Eric Glenn was hilarious. That was so funny, bro. Uh-huh. <laughs> that energy. So hey, that energy, bro. That energy. That's what I was going to bring up. Shit yeah. is infectious. Your players, they see that. They love it. Yeah. yeah. That energy. That's another key loss. In my mm-hmm. opinion, because I feel like this team is really built off energy. This team is built off energy. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yep. <laughs> they were hilarious. Be like, I love this man. That is my brother. But I want to break his fucking neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 
He was cool though, man. Yeah. <laughs> he was no, it was like, and you just, as we all know, we played, we put the helmet on. That stuff yeah. right there. If you didn't I play, you aren't going to know how important right. that stuff is. Exactly. How much exactly. of that's just going to fuel you in the off season? It's going to translate to practice. It's going to translate to the sideline on a game. It, anyway, yeah, you're right. That is a loss. That that definitely hurt. Definitely, definitely hurt. Last name I want to mention on the staff. 45 years of coaching experience. Senior defensive assistant John Fox was brought on this year. Mm, mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's just knows how to work well. Just another people guy. Just another good voice to have in this locker room. So, yeah, we are all pro Detroit coaching staff heading into 2023. Fighting yeah. Dan Campbell's, making all of us maybe consider biting off some kneecaps in 2023. Right. right. Free agent losses. I'll move this one to you, Corday. Just free agency overall. Uh, kind of what was your take on their offseason as a whole? You can throw the draft uh, well, in there too. Well, uh, yeah, uh, losing Jamal Williams replaced him with you. With you guys, guys, uh, um, Montgomery. You know that you guys feel like that's a great addition. I like the Jameer. <laughs> I like the. Uh, I like the Jameer Gibbs pick. Um, but it it was weird though because like they 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 selected him as, instead of uh getting the guy who went to the Falcons, and I'm just like, so you took him over him. So I didn't get. No, he that. was off the board. Bijan was off the board. Yeah, he was no, up. but they uh they traded down though. They, they traded, traded down to twelve. To get Jameer, yeah. Bijan went at eight. Wasn't they at seven though? No, wasn't they? Yeah, because then they trade. They switched. Oh, they traded out of. The, I see what you're saying. Yeah, to get they two picks. Out, they, yeah, they, they did that to get two. They wanted yeah. two picks in the first they round. Could've they could have had them. They could have had them. Yeah, because yeah. they, they traded out. I believe with uh with uh, the Cardinals. The Cardinals, right? Because yeah. they wanted yeah, another pick in the first Cardinals. round. Yeah. 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 Then I'm like, y'all could have took Bijan right there, and then y'all ended up taking Jameer Gibbs. But, but do you remember what they also said? They said they had a higher grade on yeah, Gibbs than Bijan. Bro, you know they. Bro, you know they not. You know they gonna say something. You know, you know they gonna say something like that. They traded out of that spot though. It's like I think there's yeah. something to that. Yeah, but they just wanted two though. Like you said, they wanted yeah. two picks. I don't know, man. I don't first. know. Straight out of the spot. I think they thought he was gonna fall further. I think they thought he was gonna fall further. And then that's why they had to say that's a great pick, yeah, yeah. That's probably yeah. what they thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we, nobody because thought a running back, you know. But anyway, going, nobody thought back. running back was going to the top ten. You know, I knew Bijan was. <laughs> oh, I mocked Bijan going to the Falcons. Do I agree with it? No, but I said he was going to go. <laughs> you, did. you did. Mm-hmm. You did. You did. I thought he was. I, I thought. Well, everybody was saying mocking him to my Eagles, and I was just like, man, what I mocked him to the Eagles. I was yeah, the one, and and oh yeah, he ain't going. He don't want to the Eagles. That's just scary, though. That's right? what I'm That's saying, what I'm bro. Saying. That's ridiculous, yeah. yeah that I'm like, ugh. And then, but if I knew if he failed a 10, I knew we was going to pass on him. I knew we would have passed on him, but. Yeah, yeah all right. So you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. I don't think so. Anyway, keep going. Though. Keep going. <laughs> Come on, man. It. I know my team. Come on, man. I know. Especially I know. with the Georgia D tackle staring us in the face. Hey, 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 hey we got to get back to the Lions. You don't have enough time with your Eagles and they stuck to the roster. Let's save for another part. Um. Nah, but yeah, so I like the Jameer Gibbs pick, even though you could have had Bijan right there, but the fact you selected him, I think he'll do better than you guys, boy Montgomery. Um, add a lot of explosion, <laughs> especially because they traded away uh, DeAndre Swift. Um, uh, and then they uh, also took another tight end. Uh, uh, they took a tight end in the draft Sam from Laporta. Iowa. Yeah, Sam Laporter after trading away the other uh, Iowa tight end. And I'm like, yeah, I like Iowa tight ends, but I guess not the other one. So that was kind of funny to me. And uh, and yeah, man. And then also, like, they took a linebacker in the first round. So it was like a lot of people was like Jack their Campbell. draft. Yep, it's I like Jack him. Campbell, but, yeah. mm-hmm. 
But then, like, where they took these particular particular people, you know, they got Brian Branch in the second and stuff like that. They I thought love he was going to be the first. So, yeah. yeah that how was, much I was on Brian Branch. That was my dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and Hooker, too. They got him, like, in the third, too. So that I'm was like, a great okay. pick. Great pick That was well. a really great pick. That was a great pick, pick yeah. as well, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Especially if golf don't work <laughs> out, stuff like that. You got a great passer. And coming into this, I was like, this is a great insurance policy. And it's in the third round. It said, like, in the second or the first where they said he was going to go. I'm like, so this is a nice-looking several different picks. Detroit Lions really nailed it out of the park. For sure did. For sure did. Specifics on the losses. Deshaun Elliott, the safety. Goes to Miami. He played 76% of the snaps for them last year. Jeff Okuda, the once highly touted corner out of Ohio Man, State. Such just, a I remember when we were doing this miss, and we bro. were talking about how what he looked like as a prospect. And it just looked like he checked all the boxes but just couldn't figure it out over there. Couldn't put it together. We'll see, though, if he can bounce back in the ATL. Amani Arawarie, another corner who goes to the Giants. He played 42% of the snaps. Mike Hughes, the slot corner, also. Going to Atlanta, he played 50% of the snaps. DJ Chark also goes to Carolina, and I feel like with the loss of Jamison Williams for the first portion of the season, Chark would have at least given you that guy who's got some juice on the outside, some speed on the outside, but they just felt like it was time for him to walk. Jamal Williams, as you already mentioned, and of course Evan Brown, the center, also leaves. Henry, the additions that they made, primarily mostly in the secondary, C.J. Gardner-Johnson coming over from Philly. And Cam Sutton coming over from the Steelers. Emmanuel Mosey from San Francisco. Along with that and the draft picks, the additions that they made defensively, what are your expectations of those guys? Uh, I believe their defense got some momentum. Last year, I think they got even some more momentum going into this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought some some great players. My favorite one uh, that they picked up is Ch- uh, Chauncey Garner. We saw what he did, yeah. what he yeah. did over there yeah. with, with the Eagles. Yeah. Um, I even liked him when he was coming out of Florida. You know, he mm-hmm. just had some uh, background issues that, you know, he was dealing with. I think that's why he got drafted, I believe, with the fourth round, I want to say, um, to to the, the Saints. But yeah, <clears throat> I think their defense definitely got some momentum going into this upcoming season, especially what they did from last season. So, especially with – and then Sutton's a great pick, too. You know, I've seen him over there. He was mm-hmm. first. So, you know, I know all about him. So, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, Josiah, you guys hinted on it, him. Jeffrey Akuda, man, I was beyond high on him. He yeah, was, he was, bro. I was too, but he was just so. I never get. Man, I, I just, I just don't know what happened. I, I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, the, it just, it, know either. He looked like two different players when yeah, I watched it, the it, twenty-two. It, it just looked like, bro, do you like? like are you? It's a slant route, dude. Like, <laughs> he lost confidence or something. I don't know why, but it, yeah, I, I don't know. If too much pressure was put on him. You know, you know what it reminded me of, but in a different position. How uh, Trent Richardson was. How I was like, there's no way. Mm, there's no yeah, I could no see way. that. I can't see him being a bust. And then, boom. But, you know, he's, I don't want to call him a bust yet, but definitely on the decline. So you never know. Maybe bounce back over there with the Falcons. We'll see. But uh, going back to the Lions, speaking about that secondary, yeah, especially with all the additions they just did, I think they're going to be something to reckon with over there. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We will move it to our expectations on the year for the squad. We all sound pretty hyped on them as a unit overall, very much so. Corday, going to start it with you. Uh, since they lost Jamal Williams, think they're going to get negative wins? Is that it? <laughs> hey, man. Hey, hey, man. Uh, nah, they go. I feel like, nah, a lot of people are high on this team. I definitely think rightly so. 
Um, I definitely think they're going to do very well. I got them. Uh, I got them around 11 wins. I think they're going to do 11 wins. I think that that should be good for this uh, team. That's a good landmark. We in the same spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, really like this team. Really like Dan Campbell and the coaching staff. Going to miss the back and forth between Aaron Glenn and, uh, and uh, the running back. But Deuce. Yeah, it's, Deuce. Deuce. Yes, between Deuce. I don't know why I forgot his name. But, yeah, uh, that team should do well. Um, I, I just wonder how much the Jameson Williams six-game suspension will uh, mess up this explosiveness. Uh, but other than that, I think they should come in. Uh, and Keeping Bob Johnson as the offensive coordinator. Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. Help. Ben Johnson, yeah, but Ben Johnson uh, definitely will help this offense start off good and keep building towards from last year. And now we just got to see what they do. How look against the Chiefs? Okay, eleven wins for Corday. Jay, what you got? I got the same man. Like when he said eleven, it's the same. I I actually have eleven as well, man. I I think I actually think they beat the Chiefs first week. Mm. They beat the Chiefs, man. Um. I I got them beating the Chiefs, and uh, let's see another notable. I'm trying to just point out a couple couple big time wins for them. Well, you know their schedule wasn't. Well, yeah, they. Oh, let me see here. I got them beating the Chiefs, and I got them. I got them sweeping. I already mentioned that I got them sweep sweeping the Bears, and I have them sweeping Green Bay. So those are probably the two. Bigger, you know, bigger stories as far as their schedule because that's probably not going to happen. Division games are, are tough to win, but that's how much I think of this team, you know, and that's how less I think of the other teams. I just think, especially Green Bay, I just don't think they really have anything. But yeah, I, I got the Lions at eleven and six. Okay, eleven and six. Henry, what's your total and what's over your overall breakdown on how this team does this year? You got the trifecta. I got them winning eleven wins. I got them yeah. winning. I got them winning the division. I'm very high on the line, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just love – the only questionable thing I have about them was, or that they have done in this offseason, I just didn't like the, the Jack Campbell as high as they picked him. That, that was my only – Jordan said the same thing. I thought that was okay. But I, that's I, it's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I did. That was my only issue. But you never know. He, he, he might turn out to be a great three-down linebacker. We will see. But that was my, my only uh, – issue I had with them this, uh, during this offseason. But, yeah, I got them winning 11 games. I got them winning the division. I got, of course, them being a playoff team this year. Um, give me some more time. Just so you ready to brought up something about them being the Chiefs. I, I, I got to see it a little bit more. Yeah, I'm the same. I do. Okay. I do. I do. I do. I'll tell you this one. I won't be shocked if it happens. I'm like, dang, I, I never thought that they'll be the Chiefs. I, I won't say that. Because, uh, like I said, you know, Dan Campbell's about to have them fired up, especially after that last. After, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say after they ended the last season. Yeah, then he, you know, he has a lot of time to prepare for me. That's also Andrea has a lot of also a lot of time to prepare for them. Mm -hmm. So, but we'll see. But yeah, I I wouldn't be shocked if if the Lions did win. But, uh, but yeah, I got them winning eleven. I think they're gonna be be crowned uh, champions of the NFC North. Mm -hmm. Nice. I don't have them quite at 11. I'm at 10. I'm that's at same, 10. No. That, that, that's yeah, cool. same. I mean, double-digit wins. I think it's going to come down between them and the Vikings, the last team that we'll talk about. And I have more faith in this, this squad as a whole to be able to edge out the Vikings. It could even be one of those where you got, like, both at 10, but the Lions 
just edge them out based on tiebreaker or however it works out or comes down to one more win. But I'm going to take the Lions to also win the division. But my number that I like right now is 10 in particular. Alex Anzalone for now has the green dot on the defense. Uh, it could change to Jack Campbell as the season goes on or even Malcolm Rodriguez. We'll have to see out of those three guys who ends up being the one to carry it on. But uh, this team was, as we had mentioned earlier, they were a tale of two halves with this defense. They led the league in the amount of cover zero blitzes that they called in the first half of the season. And after the firing of Pleasant, it was something that really changed, even though Aaron Glenn was the guy calling a lot of them. But they still stayed as a heavy overall man coverage team. Cover one the second most, and then cover two man, just basically man coverage with one safety versus man coverage with two safeties, also the second most. And still with that, finished seventh in blitz rate overall. I would just want to see what those numbers would be broken down to in the second half of the year. So, and I think that overall, when we look at the additions that were made and the players they let go, you have guys on the defensive side of the ball that really do fit this system, fit this personnel group. And just let me ask you a question just right off the bat. When, it's, when, when they trot out nickel on a gotta have it type of down, they got three DBs on the field. Who is going to be the guy in the slot? Who's playing slot corner? I put Camp Sutton there, fam. Camp Sutton? Absolutely. You put CJ Gardner Johnson. I put you Camp put there. Brian Branch. Like I'm putting Brian Branch there. I'm leaving Cameron on the outside, and I'm leaving uh, Gardner. What is his, his normal position? It's, it's safety. It's safety. Because Brian Branch, you, that's it's one reason why I can see why you really liked him, Jordan, because he's really versatile. He is really, really versatile. I think he's more versatile than Cameron Sutton and Chauncey. As far as like coming out of college, I mean, we got to see what yeah. he can do in the NFL. But I just feel like when they all came out, I, I feel like he's one of those dudes where you can't really place him in. I mean, you can place him here, you can place him here. He showed versatility in every position: nickel, mm -hmm. safety, free free safety, strong safety. So yeah, I mean, with CJ, he when he was with the Saints, he was a slot corner. That's where he was. He went to Philly. He was safety. Cam Sutton also moved into the slot after Mike Hilton left Pittsburgh and went over to Cincinnati. So it's like, I think this is a good thing to where you can't really get a beat on what, you know, you want to attack a team a certain way. Okay, I like this matchup in the slot with this guy. I like to be able to now drop CJ over the top. I think right now what Aaron Glenn has, not only does he have more people that are capable in man coverage, which is what they want to do a lot of, but he also has more guys that are like, chess type of pieces to use in that secondary and i think we're going to see kind of a mix of all those just di those different guys getting their crack to play it sometimes in the slot sometimes deep you know just kind of mixing and matching things up i think it's gonna be really cool to watch ben johnson from an offensive standpoint he as i talked about how great it was to have him the use of his o-line maximizing golf through his scheme he really didn't let teams get a beat on and the way that he did that was taking advantage of Jared Goff's ability as a play-action passer. That's something first that McVay had tapped into really well. And when things are going well around with Jared Goff, you got a good system around him. You have a good offensive line. You have enough use of the running game to be able to make teams keep, you know, keep them on their toes. Goff can be effective, and he was last year. They had the second most passes under center in 2022, and I think we're going to see a lot of that. And, you know, as, we, as the year goes on, I'm going to be breaking down more film and uploading that. Ben Johnson is going to be definitely one of the earlier ones that I get to. So just his use really of condensed formation, staying close to the line of scrimmage, maximizing Goff's ability as a, like a reader, a quick release, but maybe not having the best arm in the NFL. 
and also giving Amon Ra that two-way go, even if he may be lined up on the quote-unquote outside. Just stuff like that I really liked. And behind this offensive line, they also brought in, who was the guy they pulled in? Was it Grover? No. It's an offensive lineman that they pulled from Graham Glasgow, right? With Vitae healthy for the whole year and Glasgow as well, I mean, this line has depth now. And I really think it's going to show out. So, yeah, give me 10 wins for this squad overall and taking the division. We have a clean sweep for division winner here on our first division preview. But for me, the only team that could potentially thwart that is the team that won it last year, and that was the Minnesota Vikings, who finished at a crazy 13-4 and record. Started off the season at 8-1 and with a seven-game win streak from the end of September to the middle of November. Also posted the biggest comeback in NFL history in Week 15 against the Colts, down 33 to nothing at half. Closed the season out, though, at 500, if you include the home playoff loss to the Giants in the wild card round. To swing it to you, Corday, overall, how much was this team punching above their weight class in 2022? Oh, oh, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> that is such an underrated statement, man. I remember it was a it was a stat to show like if how close they kept winning close games ridiculously. And I remember uh uh was it wasn't the defensive coordinator Ed Donatel? Oh my goodness. Calling, calling some of the worst defenses. Literally got Daniel Jones paid in the wild card playoff because he could he just kept running zone and it was just ridiculous. And dumb what they was doing. Uh, uh, Joe, uh, we was talking in the chat earlier. Josiah's uh, watching the the amazing catch that uh, Justin Jefferson did, and then I was like, <laughs> "You mean that pick that Kirk Cousins threw?" <laughs> but it, real talk, it was an amazing, ridiculous catch by Justin Jefferson. But then I remember I started watching it, and seeing it more angles. I was like, "That was right to the DB." <laughs> DB Justin Jefferson, bro, just throw it up there. Yeah, yeah that, right. that's the point. That's the whole yeah. thing, though. I think we yeah. gotta realize sometimes. Not to cut you off, just real quick. Like when a quarterback know, like you know, when he's getting pressured, because that's the thing. Kirk Cousins, I don't want to get too deep into it, but there's times where he's being pressured and he don't handle pressure that well. And he'll throw the ball up there like that. But when you yeah. have a wide receiver, yeah, like a Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. that can make those type of throws, you feel confident of throwing yeah. those wild passes. So that, that's yeah. that's all. Yeah, he had a lot of confidence on that fourth and eight play where he did, uh, would you take it down. <laughs> he threw the freaking flat route to TJ. He threw the flat route. So that same uh, throw it up there. Yeah, he just different <laughs> out there somewhere. Uh, yeah, <laughs> shout out to Kirk Cousins. He man. was throwing. Um, but nah, but yeah, um, this this team really did overachieve a lot, and uh, it, it's amazing to see that they did because uh, really just going through like they got rid of people on defense as well. And this defense isn't as good. And this defense, I believe, is coming more of like a liability towards portions. But, um, yeah, this punching above their weight class is an understatement, Jordan. That <laughs> they do Mortal Kombat fatalities above their weight class. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You like, or they everybody was playing regular, and they got cheat codes out of nowhere just to win this end. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like they got the old uh, uh, game game like. Game Shark, if you guys remember those, the Game Shark with all the cheat codes for the Game Boy, like that's uh, or the Game it just yeah magazine, but yeah, so so much of that. This was the only team in NFL history to have 13 wins with a negative point differential, just absolutely ridiculous. They were two sides of the ball. Also, like their defense was bad and their offense was pretty good. Like a lot of teams in this division, ironically, eighth in points per game, seventh in yards. 
they had the fourth most first downs per game, sixth in passing yards per game. But however, their running game wasn't quite the effectiveness that we had seen before. 27th in rush yards per game, 26th in rush yards per attempt, despite having the third highest run blocking grade according to PFF and their metrics. Defensively, though, fourth most points allowed per game, second most yards allowed per game, and second most pass yards allowed per game overall. 13th most rush, rushing yards allowed in the eight fewest blitzes in 2022. It was just like we had said. Just Ed Donatel, soft zone, just wasn't really working. They never, ever changed. Swing it to you now, Henry, as we look at this coaching staff here in 2023. Kevin O'Connell in his second year, also with Wes Phillips as the offensive coordinator who came over from L.A. with O'Connell after he left McVay in that tenure. Same with Chris O'Hara, the QB coach. They now have Brian Flores in as a DC. What do you do? You like these guys as a unit? Kind of. What are you feeling these dudes out to be this year? Yeah, I'm really high, Brian Flores. I thought that was a great, uh, yeah. great addition to the to the coaching staff. Um, we already know how he got done wrong over there in, in Miami, but that's a whole other topic. But uh, yeah, I, I love the Brian Flores. I think he could probably uh, tap some different potential over there with that Vikings defense, even though they did lose. Uh, you know, key players are Darius Smith, and you never know. You know, with Danelle Hunter, maybe on the trade block, maybe. So that could be another pass rusher uh, gone. We know how important getting to the the quarterback is in, in this league. So we'll see. But if we're just talking about, you know, the, the hire of Brian Flores, I thought that was great. A-plus hire right there. But as far as the overall defense of this team, we'll see. Because, like I said, they, they might be losing both their pass rushers. So, um, and they still got some question marks over there in the secondary. Um, only, you know, true person over there is, is their safety. So, we'll see. But I do love the addition of Brian Flores, though. Jay, as Kevin O'Connell in his first year coming over last year, yeah, the team, you know, bounces the ball. So much luck in their favor. What was your first interpretation of Kevin O'Connell in his first year as a head coach? You know what? I I just I, I'll I'll say this. When he first came over, I didn't think too much. I didn't I you know, I thought that he was a guy that came under Sean McVay, somebody that, you know, wasn't really calling the plays. I just didn't really know what to really expect. But when he came in, this team, that offense opened up big time. Sure did. And, I mean, that offense was on a whole nother level. So I mean, for a lot of guys like myself that be feeling like, you know, hey, this guy ain't never really called plays like that, you know. That ain't just because he ain't called plays don't mean if he get put in that position, he ain't going to know what to do. That that Kevin O'Connor or, or, or really showed himself last year, man. And um, I didn't really expect too much. I, I thought, you know, I may I, I thought maybe they would win maybe about, I don't know, maybe about I, I thought they would be up there with Green Bay. I thought Green Bay would win the division and Minnesota Minnesota would be, you know, second you know, somewhere around there. I didn't think they would win. I tell you this, I didn't think they were going to win 13. So they really surprised. And then Kirk Cousins, I feel like some of the things he really needed to work on, he worked on. You know, I, I still think he needs to improve on some of the things. You know, he's not there yet, but there there's some things that he still needs to improve on, especially, his, I don't know, when he's, when he's getting past rush, he's not really, not really setting his feet. If you really watch him, you know, there's times where, like Corday say, or like you brought up Jordan, you know, he'll throw the ball up, you know, at times he don't really want to get hit. But last year he took some big hits, man. He took some big hits mm -hmm. and really delivered the ball. 
And I, I got to give it to what Kevin O'Connor and that coaching staff is really doing, you know, to really coach him up, man. So, you know, you got to um, you got to give him credit for that, you know, really kind of helping Kirk Cousins trying to like and get him to be elite more so because he ain't never been elite. But I feel like I know Jordan uh, cover zero podcast outside of Corday. Henry, I'm not sure where you at with Kirk, but I, I know me and Jordan always felt like he's at least around that 12, 13. 14, you know, he ran. I put him at like 10, 11, even. 10, 11. Okay, 10, 11 at times. You Somewhere know. around there, yeah. What would you put yeah. him at? Have Justin Jefferson. Oh, well, I mean, shoot. But it's hard because before that. Different dude. <laughs> yeah, he had Diggs before that. And I thought he did. I thought I was shocked that Diggs wanted to leave. I didn't even think. I yeah, he had Diggs and Thielen was still playing good then, too. Yeah, so it's kind of hard. Still it's kind of the same hard. on him. Yeah. Yeah, I was still kind of the same, too. Now, when he was with Washington, that was. I still thought he was good, but you know. Anyway, that's a whole nother. I I feel like he improved under uh, under uh, Kevin. That's how I feel. I feel like he did improve. Um, you know. So yeah, I, I didn't really expect too much, but he 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 surpassed what I what I thought. Man, I, matter of fact, I don't even think. I definitely don't think they do that again this year. And I yeah. really do like that offense. I just don't. I don't see it happening. Yeah, 13 and 4, as we've said, just was a lot that just had to go right for them sometimes. That's how the NFL works, week to week league. As we look into the free agent offseason moves, losses, and ads, Dalvin Cook, he's still a free agent. As of right now, they were not picking up his contract this year. Adam Thielen goes over to Carolina. Two long term cogs in this offense just moving on this year that won't be there. Irv Smith also leaves and goes over to Cincinnati. Henry, you mentioned Zadarius Smith. Him leaving as well, going over to Cleveland. Dalvin Tomlinson, the effective defensive tackle, goes over to Cleveland. That was a Cam, big loss. Big loss. Big loss. Big yeah. loss. Because you know he was he was he was like their anchor dude in the middle yeah. last yeah. year. Cam Dantzler, cornerback, who you know pretty still early into his uh for one of his first contracts, rookie contract, goes over to Buffalo. Forty three percent of the snaps last year for them. Another surprising loss. Eric Kendricks, yeah. linebacker loss. Yeah. Staple over there in that defense, going especially over to the Chargers. Yeah, especially the run defense where mm-hmm. they were really most effective. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's just like I, I was shocked to see uh, several of these names really go off the board. Duke Shelley comes over to our Raiders. Jay, he only played thirty-five percent of the snaps with them, but in spot duty, he was all right last mm-hmm. season. Pat Peterson still getting checks. Goes over to the Pittsburgh Steelers after playing ninety-five percent of the snaps for them. Chandon Sullivan, another corner, also heading over to Pittsburgh. Additions through free agency, there wasn't really a ton of them. Henry, mm-hmm. Josh Oliver was a tight end last year that played 45% of the snaps for your Ravens. Yes, sir. What was what was your take on him last year? Josh is okay. Um, he, wasn't better, <laughs> he wasn't better than Isaiah Likely. And I don't even think he's better than Charlie Kolar, a dude that only played our tight end with Jeff in the fourth round as well. He only played about three games last year or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't bad, you know. He, he he one of his downfall was his uh run blocking, and he got way way better at that throughout the duration of the season. But I mean, he's nothing to get excited over. If that's what you're asking. Okay. Okay. All right. If you look at the draft, Jay. If we look at the draft that they had this year, what was your overall take on their draft class? I thought it was solid. I thought it was solid, man. I, I really did like. I, I like Jordan Addison for him to fall. I, I didn't think he would fall that far down. Um, I, I like that pick. And then uh, Makai Blackman <clears throat> out of uh, LSU. I like that pick as well because they definitely got it. They got it. USC, USC. No, no, I'm talking about Makai Blackman. The second, the, the third round pick. 
I already went over Jordan Addison. I like oh. that pick, but then the, the round three, they also got another guy that I really like in uh, Makai Black. You, I thought Jay Ward was the one out of LSU. Yeah, Makai Black went to USC, bro. Yeah. He went to USC? Yeah, they got the safety Jay Ward out of LSU. LSU. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it mixed up. I got it mixed up. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, I like that pick as well. And and then, yeah, and then Jay Ward, Jay Ware as well. You know, I like that pick as well. So, I do like their draft. I feel like they improved, but in a sense, but not to the point where they really needed to. I still feel like, you know, that defense, as far as that defensive line, you know, I when we talked about, uh, you talked about losses, Delvin Thomason, who they lost, the pressure. I just feel like pressure up the middle, that's somebody that they really should have tried to keep. And then they didn't really fill that void, I feel like, you know, in the uh, in the draft. You know, not that, I mean, you know, they, they were going to find somebody like – maybe they did. Maybe they did. We, we have to see. But, I mean, I felt like that's somebody they really should have kept. But the draft was solid. It was a solid draft. Yeah, he especially even as a run defense. Like, he was just that anchor. Like, that this space is mine, dude. You aren't going to push me out of here. Mm-hmm. It's that run yeah. defense. So, we'll see losing him and Eric, man. That run defense could take a hit. I mean, I think with adding Marcus Davenport from New Orleans, that'll at least help some interior pressure. And just kind of what we mentioned, too, with Brian Flores, with his blitz packages. I mean, there may not be a dude on the team that's going to have a ton of stacks, like just one guy, but you might be looking at the roster at the end of the year, like, oh, damn, 17, 15, something like that. Dude's got home for a sack at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's just kind of how he tends to run things. Henry, we'll swing it to you. What is your overall expectations, opinions, and where do you see this team finishing when it's all said and done in 2023? <clears throat> I give this team eight wins, man. Uh, mm. I don't, you know, Corday brought up, talk, talked about it, you know, all the close wins that they had last year. I think those are going to flip this year, especially with all the key losses that they have or that they have as far as the players. Yeah, I, I give them eight wins. You know, it's funny because I don't even know if they will make the playoffs because the NFC ain't close to what, how the AFC is this year. So, yeah, I give them eight wins. Yeah. I agree with Josiah. I don't think they're going to beat the Lions at all this year. I got that. That's two losses right there. Um, yes, we'll, we'll see. This this could potentially also be Kirk Cousins last year in in Minnesota. So mm-hmm. it could be already maybe thinking. If, 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 I think also if they start losing a lot of games early, they can already start to maybe start thinking about this whole rebuild. Maybe start trying to. Get a higher draft pick to go after one of these quarterbacks, Drake, Drake May, Caleb Williams, something like that. So if they start losing early, I can see they doing like a benching of Kirk Cousins, going with maybe that that rookie quarterback they that they drafted, or something of that nature. So it could get real ugly for the Vikings. This this, this season is really really important. So because I feel like it could be like it could either be okay it's time for a rebuild or it could be okay we got one last shot with with Kirk Cousins. So I think this season is. Really, really interesting for the Vikings. Interesting. Interesting. Jay, what's your win total, and how do you think the season goes for them and why? I got them at 10, man. I got them at 10 wins. Um, I still think they're going to be a really good team. I still think they're going to be a really good team. When you look at their schedule, I mean, they got they got Denver on the schedule. I think they win that game. They got Chicago. I, I think they win both, both those games. Got New Orleans. The schedule's not really too tough. Green Bay, you already know how I feel. I, I just feel like the division is really weak outside of the Lions. 
and I got them to, to correct you, Henry. Actually, you probably got it mixed up with them. I got the, them split between Detroit and Minnesota. I got them split, you know. But outside of they got Philadelphia, they got KC, they got San Francisco. You know, those games are going to be tough. Cincinnati is going to be tough, you know. But outside of that, Tampa Bay, I think they beat them, you know. Um, the Chargers are up and down. I, I do like them. I think Chargers, you know, I think that's going to be a fun game to watch. Then you look, you know, they got Carolina, you know, they got Atlanta. That's, you know, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I still think they can get tw- 10 wins out of this schedule. Um, mm-hmm. Although they didn't really improve as much as I really wanted them to, you know, so, on paper, at least, on paper, at least. But we'll, we'll see. But right now, from what I'm looking at, they didn't really improve the way I really wanted them to. But they, they're still good enough. They're still a good enough team where I feel like looking at this schedule, they're better than a lot of these teams. And they should be able to get wins off these teams. So, yeah, I got them at 10. Okay. I'm coming in at 10 as well. Uh, before I break, give my reasoning. Corday had to jet out early. He has them at nine wins overall in agreement. Sort of right in between the two of you. Then I'm going to go also at 10, as I had said. And Jordan Hicks is going to get the green dot for this squad this year with Eric Hendricks moving on. And I think just the addition of Flores is like, we talked about how good this offense is. If Flores can just get this defense to be basically average, mm-hmm. that is an improvement right there. Mm-hmm. And while the personnel loss is going to be a detriment, the coaching in- improvement is going to be something that's a plus. So how much that tends to move the needle, what ends up, I guess, being the bigger deteriorating factor, personnel or coaching, you know, which one of those things is going to be able to hinge, be the bigger hinge point. It's going to really depend on what the product of this defense is going to be. But with Flores, you know that he's going to get the most out of the guys that he has. And he's going to really allow them to dictate things and be less predictable. I mean, Cordea mentioned it and I talked about it. All of us talked about it a ton last year. Ed Donatel ran cover six last year, 27% of the time. That's basically cover two or cover four on one side, cover two on another. Cloud coverage, sometimes what you hear it called, quarter, quarter, half, and other terminology. Basically, he ran that coverage the second most in the NFL. Off zone coverage, and or the absolute most in the NFL, not the second most, but the absolute most by a large, large margin. And when you know that he's going to do that and ran man coverage at a bottom five rate, teams were just easily able to pick them apart. And Flores isn't going to just be able to allow that to happen. He's too good of a coach for that to be able to be something. So. The secondary was bad last year, but again, the question, I think that the personnel group on this defense, I don't know if it's better, but yeah. offensively, offensively overall, first year with O'Connell, they saw much more 11 personnel than they had before. C.J. Ham, the much-beloved fullback over there in Minnesota, saw a career low in snaps last season with 180 of them, and it was kind of interesting to me, or funny to me, or unexpected why this team's rushing effectiveness wasn't higher considering the fact that because you got Justin Jefferson out there, because you know that Kevin O'Connell in this offense wanted to throw the ball a lot on early downs, they saw the top, they were like fifth most, sixth most, I want to say, in the amount of light boxes and two high coverages that they saw. Yet the rushing productivity, as we had outlined earlier, wasn't really there. So I think that might be one reason why they moved on from Dalvin. We'll have to see if who they got can fill in and step in that way. I don't necessarily know if they have a, a guy that's as explosive as Dalvin is on the roster, but maybe at least they just get more yards per attempt on a production basis. I think this squad, though, one thing that stands out to me with this offensive line 
The tackle duo of Christian Darisaw and Brian O'Neill. It's one of the best in the NFL to me. It's in the yeah. top three to five. Darisaw, he really, hey, bro. I didn't think too much of him. Real quick, I, like I ain't him. gonna. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't really like him, bro. I remember. He, we. I remember we yeah. talked about that. <laughs> yeah, and and he's one of the, like you said that that duo in general. I mean, he he did his thing, but the duo that they put together, man. I mean, mm-hmm. I wish we would have took him instead of uh. <laughs> <laughs> name Leatherwood. Dude. Name Leatherwood. that dude. <laughs> Leatherwood. <laughs> you can say a lot of other guys anyway. Uh, but overall, last season I remember when we would preview a lot of the Vikings games because their records were their record was solid. That Ed Ingram, the right guard, the rookie who they had last yeah, year, yeah. was just he had a bullseye on him. And I, and they didn't replace him. They're running it back with the same offensive line that they had last year. And we're gonna have to see if he's still gonna be that liability. And as you mentioned, Jay, with the way Kurt is against pressure, that could end up being, you know, damaging. But they made the improvement offensively with bringing in Jordan Addison. You have another year of TJ Hawkinson in the offense. I'm still thinking this offense is going to be solid last year. Mm -hmm. Solid this year like they were last year. So that's why I got them coming in at 10 wins, maybe not necessarily hitting that 13. And as you mentioned, Henry, the AFC is going to be a bloodbath this year. Yeah, it's crazy. it's absolute bloodbath. Like, there's going to be teams making the playoffs in the NFC that, you know, would have just been a fart in the wind in the AFC this year. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be something to see. And I think because of that and kind of, Jay, how you were mentioning this division, we don't really expect too much from Chicago or Green Bay. There's a chance I think this team just lands themselves in the playoffs again this year just based on what this offense is capable of doing yeah. and kind of how Jordan Addison will bring that little bit of extra juice to yeah. this unit. I yeah. agree. 10 wins for me as well, uh, and coming in at second in the division. That's all the time we have for now. Gentlemen, any final thoughts before we get out of here? This is going to be one of the weaker divisions. <laughs> it's going to be – I think the Lions is the only – I like the Vikings, like you said. Like you said, Jordan, as far as offensively-wise, I, I do think they're going to be the same. The Lions, I like everything about them. The defense was The defense was bad, but I do like the improvements. In the secondary, Chauncey mm-hmm. Gardner from Cameron Sutton and then Brian Branch. I like I like those additions. So Emmanuel mm-hmm. Mosley too, solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it's you know to get at that type of depth is going to change. But I'm with you in the fact that Lions are probably the only team. If I had to make a prediction now, that's probably the only team in this division that I could see winning a playoff game once we do get to those colder months in January. Thank y'all for listening to the Cover Zero podcast. You can expect us back weekly now leading into the season with our division previews. Get at us on Twitter and the socials and on the SAW Facebook page if there's any other questions or things you'd like us to bring up. Until then, keep it locked. Happy football. 